You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my friend, co founder, co host, and co patriot, Lee Fields. How let's, you doing, buddy? Let's get this road on the show. <laughs> We shall. Okay. So we've had a really exciting last few days. Can I have a day off soon? <laughs> I I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> not, not with all that we've got going on. It has been a wild ride the last few weeks. Wild ride. So obviously the big announcement was the announcement of the MXU tour. Yep. And so we did that with a crazy live podcast, video podcast thingy. With you and me and Jay and a bunch of our friends. Yep. And it was so much fun. Yep. And we announced uh, the fact that we're going on tour in the fall. And people are actually buying tickets for it, which is even better. Yeah, I was looking at it. Chicago is basically halfway sold out already. It's already to the halfway point. That's nuts. I know. So if if you live in the Chicagoland area, don't sleep on your opportunity to buy tickets for MXU live. Because yep. we may be sold out before summer. Be amazing. It's true. Charlotte's doing good. I think it's because it's at Elevations Broadcast Campus. So people want to come check that out. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we were there last week in person shooting some videos about videos. Lots of so, them. I think I mean we haven't counted yet. We just got off the airplane yesterday, but um I think we're in the neighborhood of like 75 videos to add to our library just about video. That's amazing. So freaking stoked for that. I'm telling you, I don't know that I've been a guest somewhere where I've been hosted in such an amazing way. Their team was so good to work with. I mean, shout out to Zach and Andy and all of their team. They just treated us so well. Jared. They were so prepared. Nate. Justin, all those guys, all those guys. Every time, like we'd be about to shoot a video, and we're you know we're talking about like, okay, how are we going to explain this and this? And you know, Rusty or somebody would say, "Yeah, it'd be great if we had like um like a whiteboard for this." And then you'd hear Andy say, "Well, do you want one?" And then out rolls a TV, yeah. a, a black whiteboard TV. You not know, just, like, it's not just a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, it's not like an no. easel with post-it note paper on it. No. It's a full-on right. touchscreen TV that has the ability to do all kinds of Telestrator stuff on it. It's like, oh, we just pulled that out of our butts. Okay, great. Well, what if we needed to send an ISO of this camera to somewhere to be able to record what we're talking about on the camera, on the camera, and then record the viewfinder of the camera on the multi-view that's going to go to the video to edit and post? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got that. He Dude, calls on comp. Hey, Jeff, Zach, can you route, route camera seven to sh- what? You sound like a video guy. Like, that sounded real. Hey, I learned a lot last week. (laughs) I learned a lot. I learned a ton. It was fun. Before we talk about what we learned about, I do want to say the biggest takeaway I have about hanging out with those guys is the chemistry of their team. They like each other. There's a ton of really high caliber guys, but Joe, the leader of that team, and I told Zach this, I'm like, I don't know what Joe's expertise in. I know he's really good at video. But he's an incredible leader. To be able to build a team like that, and a bunch of those guys yeah. have been there a long time, like five, six, seven, eight years, yeah. which in our world in production and megachurch, that's like double or triple. 
what you would think it would be. Yeah, most turnover is like two, three years, and these guys have been here double that, which is great. Right. So just the the team culture, the ability for that guy to build a team like that, I was inspired by. So Joe, way to go. Absolutely. And some of what we were recording was content that they're going to use to onboard elevation volunteers as well. And so they set yep. up basically a whole version of what would be a portable campus for them so they could train their volunteers on how all the stuff works. Well, their guys, even when they're loading in, loading out that stuff, it's just like cheerful, servant, happy, humble, like, okay, you need me to hang this genie tower and put this cable trunk over here and run this feeder. And they're just like, everybody's all in. It was so totally. fun to see. And they did, they did so great. So again, cheers to all those guys. It was so much fun to see. It was. It was a lot of fun. But we also we also need to talk about who else we had with us because they were all-star as well. Totally. Um, Rusty Anderson. I liked the guy before, but I freaking yeah. love the guy now. Chelsea yeah. Gribble, Elevation's video director, who jumped in on our content. Amazing. Um, she is the most famous video director no one's ever heard of. 100%. Because on her Instagram, she only posts pictures of her dog. She doesn't talk about production right. at all. Right. But everybody needs to know who she is because she's a wealth of wisdom and super smart, super knowledgeable. Loved it. And she's a freaking gangster at what she does. Yeah. Like top-notch leader. The things she was talking about, about team building and stuff for camera training, camera ops, and we've captured all this on film. So you guys, you'll be able to see it. It's unbelievable. I mean, people yeah. were in the back of the room when she was talking, like throwing their hands up in the air when she was dropping these bombs. We were all going to church, basically. Production church is what we had. Totally. And then Chad Vegas from Transformation, formerly Bethel. So we had the who's who, I'll tell you that. We had what I would think is the most influential trendsetter, bar setter for video culture in the church. We got them. And I, I was just honored to you know be sitting with those guys and think, I'm just humbled that they would want to be a part of what MXU is doing and helping local churches. Yeah. So it's yeah. just really exciting. And the fact that we that we now have about 75 videos about video to add to our MXU Now library is it's going to change the game. It, it, it just, is. It kind of rounds out our offering to not just have a little more than audio, but actually to take it to a whole new level of each of the three legs of production being more balanced, which yep. I couldn't be more excited about. Me neither. So go get your tour tickets. They're selling fast. Those are on our website. And go sign up for MXU Now and MXU Teams and be a part of everything awesome we're doing. Make your team better. Great. Um, can we talk about my camera operator skills? Well, I think we need to, yes. Um, Lee, I don't know that you ever even stood behind a camera before. Not really. You really, like, you, may, you came a long way. I did come a long way. But the reason I came a long way is because of so far, of how far behind I was, and I didn't know it. <laughs> well, I think it was a great example though of how anybody who has a volunteer who's just starting out with the right training you can get them from zero to 60 pretty quickly because they're you know it's a comfortability factor it's like you started and you were kind of jerky and didn't really know and it was somebody coming behind you to go okay try this try this tilt up means actually that your hands go down tilt down means your hands go up 
you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. It was like, oh, I get this. Okay, this is cool. And within 15, 20 minutes, your your moves were a lot smoother. You could stay in focus. You know, it was it was great. And Jeremy Bagwell was with us from Ross. He's their new um, house of worship guy. And worship production. Worship production. Sorry, not house of worship. Worship production. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Um, he's on stage, and I'm on a tripod trying to follow like he's preaching. And he yeah. wasn't like being Pentecostal preacher up there running around the stage. He was more Andy Stanley walking, which is not very right. much. And right. it, it was way harder than it looks. Yeah. I was like... The next time I catch myself, because I've done this, thinking, why can't this camera op keep this guy in the frame? I will never say that again, first of all. Yeah. But the next time I hear someone say it, I'm going to be like, hey, uh, right after the service is over, will you meet me at that camera for five minutes? And I'm going to have them try. <laughs> and it will That's give right. them a new perspective on how difficult that can be. Yeah. Walk a mile in another man's shoes. I don't want to say it's like so difficult it can't be done. It's difficult enough that training and attention needs put on it. Probably better than we're all doing. Yeah, I think you're right. And it gives you just a new perspective on, hey, when somebody does this well, especially as a volunteer, they're really working hard to do yeah. a good job. It's, yeah. it's not like they're just phoning it in. It's like, no, you've got to be attentive. You have to be intentional about what you're doing. And it shows. And Jeff, it was your anniversary. So the last day I flew solo with the team there and we uh, were able to capture Chelsea uh, cutting an elevation service, but it was a special event. It wasn't a normal weekend service. So she had four cameras, a tripod, a dolly and two handhelds. And we captured a video of her switching and the multi-view and calm. And let me tell you, if it does not look like there are eight or nine cameras on stage because of the way they do things. So that's awesome. All that's coming to our video library. I really can't wait to see the edit. I can't wait to see that too. Yeah, I was celebrating my anniversary with my bride. 23 years. It's hard to believe. Michael Jordan year. She has put up with me for a Jordan number of years. Crazy. That is. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a big deal. Yeah. Or I'm old. I'm, I'm not sure. It's what a little bit of both. It's funny. It reminds me. I was at a service once. I was traveling with a guy who was guest speaking at a church. And you know, you get to the church and they do their welcoming announcements. And we're kind of sitting up in the front because my buddy's getting ready to go up and speak. So the host says, "Hey, we we just want to take a minute to honor uh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson who are down here in the front. They're celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary this weekend." And so everybody kind of does the stand and greet moment. And so they're sitting right in front of us. So they turn around to shake our hand, and my buddy says, okay, I got to know, Mr. Johnson, what's the secret? How do you stay married 50 years? And without missing a beat, he goes, don't die. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So yeah, for those of you who are married and want to stay married for a long time, don't die. That'll do it. It helps uh, (laughs) when you get married at the age you and Liz got married at, which was six. So (laughs) Exactly. That's right. Well, hey, there's another thing I want to talk to you about before we get to our interview. Yep. And that is we need a turndown for MXU. You know, we've asked for these submissions to come in. Um, we got our own submission. Yes, and we it was do. about it was about you, actually. It was. 
So we need to do a turn down for MXU edition from the 32 minute mix on an X32. Yeah. So um, I put in our MXU team Slack group over the weekend. Hey, I would like to submit my own turn down for MXU. And I posted a screenshot from our YouTube uh, channel. And the video on there of me mixing on an M32, it's gotten quite a lot of views, I think, because a lot of people have that console and they end up just searching in yeah. YouTube M32 and this one comes up. Yeah. So um, it's gotten great feedback overall, but uh, one guy, we'll keep him nameless for now, but his it's the comments there. You can go read it. Um, he he gave me my version of uh, uh, the sound complaint on the back of the envelope in the offering bucket. So this would definitely be the uh, thumbs down button on the YouTube comment section. Yeah. And before we start, I think this is hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's funny. I posted it on my Instagram uh, yesterday and most people were like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. But some people were like, Lee, like you're, you're good at what you do, man. Like keep your chin up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You took this the wrong way. I, I posted this to show like, Hey, even even we get complaints, you know. Yeah, you're not offended. So, it's just fun. Um, no, I'm not offended at all. It's hilarious. So, shall I? Shall I read my own? Yeah. The mix sounds. Mm, question mark. I don't. Oh, I don't even know. Is that a question? The mix sounds. Mm, question mark. I think he meant to say the mix okay, sounds. Anyway. Mm, okay. Yeah. Eh. Meh is what he should have wrote. M E H. I think that's what he meant. Okay. I just think it's too muddy in general. The kit sounds too fat. Snare sounds like a tom. And the kick, spelled K I K, is just too round. Drop the 50 slash 60 hertz boost on the kick by 5 to 6 dB and high pass filter the snare to around 80 hertz. You EQ'd all that mid range crack out of it. Put that back in and cut some low mids with a hefty Q around 300 and it will sound more like a BB, Black Beauty, should. The vocal has been totally destroyed. This should be a a tutorial on how to not EQ vocals. Yuck. Whatever mic she's using, get rid of it. Wrong mic for her voice. But work with what we have. Reset flat, high pass filter to 120, Steep Q cut at 240 to 300. Leave the mids alone. 800 to 4K is where all your clarity is. I could go on and on, but I'll stop there. You really shouldn't be teaching people how to mix. You should be learning more yourself first. Yes, you have the fundamentals down, but there is a ton of stuff you're missing with your mix. Oh, boy. So many things we could say about this. So many things. I could go through everything he said and give you reasons why, you know, high passing a vocal to 120 on a PA any bigger than the PV spiders that this guy's mixing on at his local pub in whatever town he's in. See, see, there I go. I, I I'm just going to stop myself. I should, but, you know, I don't even know where to start with the comments. I, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. And, you know, if 30,000 people are going to watch a video, you better get one of these. Oh, yeah. Totally. Right? Yeah. If if, you, if know? you don't get a comment that's this directed and this specific, then you're not doing it right. But I love, first of all, I love what he says about your drums because A, it's not true. And B, like, 
how would he know what cutting the boost on the kick at 60 hertz by 5 or 6 dB and high pass the snare to around 80, like without the tracks and without the console and without the same monitoring environment, how would he even know that that's what you'd need to do? And yeah, there's no, well, and then for the vocal, a steep cue cut at 240 to 300, leave the mids alone. Uh, probably not on that singer, yeah. I would say. Probably not, but Probably not. hey, you have all the you you have all the fundamentals down, so that's good. Um, in in the spirit of always being open to feedback, as I'm reading this, I'm like, is there something that he says that maybe is worth looking at? And I think, yeah, maybe maybe the mix is a little muddy. Maybe the vocals could be a little more clear. I would do it different than he said. Yeah. I would do it more like. How do I get more 8K and up in that vocal? But you know, there's a lot of cymbal bleed. I yeah. knew that already. And and you're not going to do it for live because of that factor. Like you're not going to boost 8K in right. the PA because she's standing right beside the PA. She is right. <clears throat> right. I love though whatever mic she's using, get rid of it. Wrong mic for her voice. Well, that might not be your choice. That was the eighth microphone that we tried for her, and that's the one yeah. she liked. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I posted it and I put it on Instagram and Facebook, but when you reply to a story, it goes to your DMS. I had quite a few responses, you know, some smiley faces and some yeah. paragraphs. There's probably over a hundred. Wow. But a couple people said like, Hey, aren't you guys all about receiving feedback? Like, come on. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Even though this guy's clearly an internet troll. It reminded me to uh, stay out of the comments, yeah, and because it's the sewer, it's the sewer. Don't go read the comments. So your your response though to his comment was, "Got it, thanks." <laughs> yes, that is what I wrote. Yeah, but yeah. I think um, the the other thing that strikes me, and this is you guys who listen to us often and who've been around, especially our live events, you know, when he says you really shouldn't be teaching people how to mix. You should be learning more yourself first. The whole reason we're doing any of this is so that each of us can learn and get better ourselves. So I want to learn from Lee. Lee wants to learn from me. We both want to learn from Andrew. That's why we started this thing in the first place. So yes, we have some things yeah. to teach, but man, of course we have things to learn. The minute we figure out that we think we have it all figured out, that's when the trouble starts. So that's not what we're doing here, guys. So anytime you hear us saying this is the one right way to do something, sometimes that's true. But most of the time, hey, this is how we do it, and we're here to learn. So I just I hope that you continue to know that that's where our heart is. Yeah, I, I even debated, like, I'm bringing this up today because, you know, some comments like that aren't even worth giving attention to. But I thought it would be good for everyone else to hear what how do we respond to something yeah. like this you know so yeah there's well, that keep them coming maybe not these but keep the turn down comments coming cuz we like to we like to share them oh one more thing for the about dozen of you that stalked this guy on the internet found out where he lives and sent me all of his social <laughs> profiles i appreciate your um your uh your loyalty 
Um, but it is not necessary. <laughs> people <laughs> thank people you. are ready to fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People people got our backs, Jeff. It feels good. Hey, if, if I'm ever going to be in a knife fight, I want the uh, MXU crowd to have their fully sharpened um, utility knives ready. For sure. Well, I could not be more excited about our interview today. I know. We're actually posting a segment that we did at Elevation. So it's you and me sitting down with Rusty, Chelsea, and Chad talking about how they do what they do. And they're asking each other questions. We're asking them questions. And so settle in because for the next 45 minutes, you're going to love hearing from these three legends. So one of my favorite things to do anytime we have this caliber of people together in one place is just to open up a conversation about whatever. I like, thought you were going to say sing a song. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to be singing songs today. <laughs> but I'm so excited to be sitting here with these three just to talk about video for music and worship and speech in church, production in general, and just just kind of go down rabbit trails and see what happens before you tell jeff and i how those camera ops keep golf balls in focus for 300 yards at a time (laughs) we'll introduce you yeah so this is pretty cool i was just thinking about this between us we have the three video directors to what i think is the most influential video directors in the church yeah so rusty from passion Chad, Transformation, was at Bethel before that, and Chelsea from Elevation. Yeah. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. So you guys <laughs> all at your local churches direct live video for all of your experiences. And so it's not just a broadcast role or a, a conference or event role. It's like Sunday morning, sitting in the chair, actually calling the shots with volunteer operators for the most part. So it's a, I, I'm excited about this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. We're also yeah. very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because yeah, I never, I've actually, I've always respected yeah. and known them, like you know, on social media or whatever, yeah. or watched what they do. But to actually meet them and talk to them is awesome. So one thing I'm curious about with that conversation is, like, okay, you've watched Chelsea's work online or whatever. Like, what questions do you have about what each other does differently than you might think you do yourself? Is that direct? I go first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, I, I I would say that for both of you guys, I've watched for years now. Like, always watching to see how can I grow. Like, what what am I seeing? What, what's challenging me? Um, and I don't know. I'm curious. Like, so Chelsea, I'm gonna. Here's the to me like the elephant in the room. What's it like being a girl in a man's world? Because I <laughs> I think like I bet nobody would would think Elevation's video director is a girl, is a woman, and I'm like. Yeah, and she will kick your butt with <laughs> cutting, a sh- cutting a show. No, that's a great question. It's funny you say that because I was joking before I came here. I was like, what if I started of like, thanks for letting me join the boys club today. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, thanks for letting me be in your club. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> no, but for real, I'm super honored to be sitting next to you guys. Um, I would say Elevation is, it's really cool working here because we do have a lot of female leaders so for me, it honestly hasn't even really been, I, I don't think I noticed the gender side of it. I don't that's think cool. that's ever really been a factor for me in this environment. Like 
I'm not also not the only female in video control that's leading a team because we have Nicole who's leading the online broadcast. Yeah. So um, I don't think we ever really see things that way of like, you know, oh, the man's world, he gets, it's, it's really just not like that here. So um, I don't know. I've never really thought about it, honestly. Well, I have two daughters. Like I want my daughters <laughs> to, to feel that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think they're just better at everything. <laughs> that's yeah. true. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I really don't like defining people by their gender. I think that maybe it's like that subconscious thing of me right. of like having, being a female in a very like male-driven industry. Um, I I like to say like, well, you know, people always fight for equality, but then it really ends up just being like, oh, well, women or whatever, blah, blah, right, blah. Right. And it creates the divide even more. So I always, I don't like to say, oh, well, females are more attentive to detail because boy, my sister is not. That's <laughs> 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 not one of her strengths. Um, but I always say it's just, it's about who you are as a person. It's who God made us all individually and all of our unique strengths. And I don't think that's just divisive to a gender, male or female, honestly. That's awesome. That's really good. So you guys are all three I, the best at what you do individually. I, I really believe that. But it's all very different. So, like, Chad, you're kind of the patriarch of black magic cameras and cinema style and worship <laughs> yeah. and, like, that whole thing. You know, you're not using black magic anymore. But, you know, yeah. what you brought to worship four or five years ago really changed the game for everybody in a lot of ways. So, like, how did you guys perceive that watching that from afar, like, when that happened? I mean, you're kind of like, I always watch your stuff as like, you're kind of like that guerrilla warfare type capture that I love. Like you're on the ground, you feel like you're just so in it. And that's something that I always try to like relate to my operators too, is like when you watch that capture, you just really feel like, like I'm there, I'm with them. Like I feel the energy through the, how quick you're cutting or the movement you're adding to the shots and all of that. So that's something I always took from you. Like, There's like an immediacy and yeah. an intimacy yeah, that's like really like put me in, in the, your face. Yeah. yeah, in the audience. That's cool. Yeah. I think for me, watching Chad, some of your work and that style, if I'm honest, initially it was, what is this? Like, <laughs> what, why are they doing it like that's this, right? Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I was trained by more broadcast people. I mean, I, I've always had a foot in both the live and the film world which I think has been helpful, you know? Um, but it, when it came to live capture, I was always trained in the, more the broadcast world. Um, and so in seeing that kind of how you push the envelope, first it was, this is really different. You know, let me find all the things that are wrong with it. And then over time, you just start to see how, man, they're just really capturing the energy of what's going on. It draws me in. All right, so what are some things that I can learn from this to like, um, just to kind of alter our style and what we do, yeah. I feel so honored right now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it was definitely, that was, going into it, the end goal was never to even redefine a style, redefine a style. It was really just to, I just want it to feel different. Yeah. I don't want the norm to be this anymore. Like, yeah, that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. Just, you know, let it go. And so it was really just sitting down with, my two buddies there and we're just trying to figure out how, how, how do we do that? I'm like, okay, well, what if we just did more handheld stuff? What if we, you know, but I really like the way you said it because that's the first time I've ever like really guerrilla warfare. It's yeah. not like really like in the trenches and really just trying to capture the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's interesting the way style has changed over the last generation in church in worship style and communication style and how not just PA systems and lighting rigs, but how 
the video storytelling aspect has had to change along with that. You know, Rusty, before we started recording, you said, you know, it used to be we had a big choir, then we went to one worship leader. Now we got a front line of eight to 12 singers on stage. What am I supposed to do with all these people? You know, so you've got, as a, as a director, you're thinking about the whole approach in different ways based on what year it is and what style is, what music style is happening, how many people are on stage, all that. So let's just talk about that for a few minutes of just how you've had to adapt. What are some of the challenges? Like, what do you wish um, you could tell a small team or somebody who's trying to make a transition into something that looks or feels a little different? Like, what are the, the biggest things you've learned on how that transition went or is going even? I think... I mean, one thing for me is, is um, I think over time I've become more and more aware of this and believe this more. But I would want video directors to really believe that they're storytellers. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time I just thought I didn't really I didn't really understand that. I didn't. I just saw myself as a you know technically does the shot look good? Is the exposure right? Is the framing right? Am I following the rule of thirds? Am I following all the rules right? And the story was kind of just happening without me being aware of it, being intentional about it. Um, but as those cultures and shifts happen in the church, with whatever, however many people we put on stage, there's always a story. That's the foundation that's consistent through all of those different things. So um, I, one of the things I've had to learn is just to approach it as a story first. How can I best capture and tell visually about the story that's actually happening on the stage? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think too, it's, we always say a value here is we think inside the box and the idea is basically we give ourselves parameters and then we can have all the freedom we want within those parameters. Actually, you know, it helps creativity a lot when you know what you're working with. And I think it took me a while to understand that sometimes I need to rebuild the box instead of add another side to it. And then it turns into this wonky, ugly thing. And sometimes it's like, we need to tear that completely down and rebuild it and work within that new box, especially, you know, before the world shut down, we had recently added a choir on our stage and it was like, okay, we need to figure out how to capture that. Well, you know, we just started doing crowd shots and now we have a choir. And then, you know, and then we <laughs> shut everything down and there's four people on stage and it was like, I need you guys to not all stand at the front of the stage. I need you to spread out and this is why, you know. And so it, we had to completely tear that down and rebuild the box and figure out what is this new thing even look like. And I think it's just constantly reassessing to, you know, I've always done it this way. Do I need to continue to keep doing it that same way? Have you ever gone back and watched, you watched like watched your cut from six, seven years ago, whatever, five years ago? I don't, oh yeah, it's I don't like it. pretty brutal. It's painful. <laughs> I hate that. It's very painful. <laughs> yeah. Why did I even take that shot? Well, I just listened to one of my mixes from seven years ago, and it was way better. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I don't know what that so says you, about me. I don't know if it applies to audio as much as it does to the, the video. visual. That's funny. Yeah. That's too funny. Well, just technology gets better too, you know. So, like, audio is one of those things where you don't necessarily get in return the money that you put in every time. Right. But with video, a lot of times it's like, nope, if you spend more money, it's going to look better. There's still a, it depends on what you do with it and there's lighting involved, but a $100,000 camera looks better right. than a $400 camera. That's not necessarily true with microphones, right? So that's a, a weird thing. So what's it like knowing that three years from now, video is going to be better 
and that's your skill. You know what I'm saying? Like it's everything's always getting better. Yeah. We were talking about cameras this morning. You're like, oh, this new camera. You know, we're talking about fiber or something. I don't know what it is. But you're like, yeah, it's got this thing built into it. So it's like every few months, video is changing so much. How do you keep up with it? I think it kind of goes back to what Rusty was saying about storytelling. And I think if you put that first, you're not your, your priorities are backwards, if that makes sense. Of like, I can capture worship and it be incredible with our old 3500s that are 12 years old now. And I know still if I'm telling the right story that my priorities are right and people are still gonna connect with the Lord watching it from their home. And yeah, it's a added bonus that we have these incredible cameras that we're super excited about and you know wanna steward that well, but that's not, that's not the win for me. The win is that we bring people into a moment and we're able to capture worship, whether the worship leader's skin is a little bit duller than if they were on very cam compared to our old 3500 right. so yeah i think it's just more of like knowing my our priorities yeah. as yeah. leaders in that that's totally i it, it really does boil down to how well can you tell the story um because then you're not you know i mean case in point is you know we just had didn't have the budget at bethel so we had, but we had a bunch of black magic Ursa's sitting around that was used to shoot a movie. Yeah. And so we're like, well, let's try that and see what that looks like, you know? And, and then when you learn to build that story and tell the story of how worship is happening in that room, then, you know, you could, it, price cameras doesn't really matter at that point. I think I'm like, you ask about how do you, how do you keep growing? How do you keep staying up to date? And I think the, the longer I've been doing this, the looser I hold everything. You know, like, like I was saying before, I used to have to know all these rules and I'm following all the rules and like, I just hold on that looser. Um, and like now, like, if I go back and watch Passion 2014, the first, you know, like big arena that I did, and I, it's awful, you know, literally it's awful, but that's okay. And I know that it's okay. I can hold it loosely now. I know that I'm going to keep growing and keep changing. One day I'm going to think what I do right now is, is not great. So and that's okay because we're, we're trying to accomplish the mission for that moment. Yeah. But at no, the time, cool. nobody in that room thought anything was awful. No. no. <laughs> and nobody who saw it online or did anything right. like that would have said, yeah, they're just not quite hitting the mark there. No, it was awesome. Yeah. So it's like, how can you, you know, like you say, hold it loosely enough to acknowledge, yeah, we've grown and we're better. But man, that was a moment that, you know, it's almost like looking at, looking at an old video or an old picture with a really dated wardrobe. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, the clothes are a little weird. It's not what I would choose today. But at that time, that moment was great. Yeah. You know, so just being okay with all of that being okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a running joke I like to say to my crew. It's like, hey, if we're doing our jobs right, nobody's going to be watching anyway. They're just going to be worshiping. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> what the worship team's doing there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of people watching, um, this applies to all three of you, but two of you, uh, your churches have over 1 million YouTube subscribers. Okay, so it's not just like we're in like a 1500 seat room here and that used to be a lot of people just watching what's happening on iMac. But now there's literally millions of people every week watching what you guys are doing. Is that m more pressure? I mean, yes, no. Don't like thinking about it. Yeah, I like to exactly. think it's just me and video control, and yeah. I see my ops. And I think if you focus on 
if you focus on numbers, you're totally hitting the wrong thing. Um, it's it's very easy to get down that path, though. Like, oh, well, we had 10% less people watching this week than last week. Well, what did we change? What did we have? You know? Yeah. Or you just approach it as, I mean, I, I think everything we we talked about today was, is going to be going back to telling that story and making sure the people at home feel what's happening in the room. And when, when that happens, you know, because I think I had a question about that too, like a couple of days ago. It's like, how do you get 20,000 people to watch? You don't. <laughs> you don't yeah. get them to watch. You just focus on the one thing and that's everybody worshiping and worshiping Jesus at, through your craft, worshiping, you know? Um, it's very, it's a very interesting place to be in though, I would say. Um, it's really hard though, because I imagine a young TD or a young video director looking at what you guys are doing, thinking, man, if, if I only, or man, that's where I want to be someday. Or, and it's too easy for that to become the thing. Yes. As you start chasing the wrong thing. So what would you say to that 25-year-old kid at a growing church who's going, man, someday that's going to be us? I think it's good to dream. Definitely, you know, don't ever lose hold of your dream and your hope. But I think you, you definitely have to focus on your now and focus on, on where, what, what is God telling you and how to capture that moment at that time. And... Well, I, th I think another thing too is they need to focus on telling their story. Yeah. Instead of chasing passion or transformation or elevation story. That's right. Yeah. It's like we need to do what's great for our expression of the church yeah. in our community, for our community. And if that grows to a point where other people want to be a part of it, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're serving our local thing here and stewarding that the best possible way. Because I think that's where it gets dangerous is if yes. somebody tries to chase somebody else's story yeah yeah we don't no, need totally. more we don't need more elevations no more passion more bethel more transformation church we need more people them being themselves yeah and yes there's certain things that we might do that you guys might like but the focus is really just like be yourself do what works for your house and and that everything else will fall into place really i mean once you start to focus on Oh, we need to do exactly what Elevation did. Did you see what they did this weekend? We need to do that next week. It's like, no, you don't. You know, well, I'm like, for me, I'm flattered that you would want to do something that we did at, you know, Transformation or Bethel. But at the same time, it's like, no, I want you to be yourself. Like, I'm not there to, like, even when I teach and stuff, it's like, I'm not here to teach you guys how to do things like me. I need, I'm teaching you guys just practical things that can help you guys be yourselves. I think it's all about the people that you surround yourself with too and the team that you have surrounded because like, yes, we're the directors, but we literally, I like to say that I have all the power and zero control because yes. all I'm doing is speaking exactly. words. Wow. I'm not the one behind the camera. That's good. And like for me, it's all about the team. It's all about empowering them. Do they know wh why they're doing what they're doing? Do they know what to keep their eyes open for? What, what story are, are we all telling, not just what I'm trying to tell? And also being open to be like, hey, I want this right now, but I see that you have that. And I'm willing to like let go of my preference right now mm -hmm. to take that because you see something totally. I don't. So I think it's it's all about the people and yeah. finding our voice, not just my voice. That's a big, that's a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, that's a lesson that I learned too. It's like I'm there 
to tell the story, but I'm there to tell our story mm-hmm. and to shape it in such a way. I'm just there shaping it, you know? Yeah. They're telling, they're really telling the story. The camera, that's why it's so important to have things like zones where we were talking about earlier and, and, and certain things just because now within that, that little area, they're free to be creative on their own. Yeah. And in the box. In the box. I yeah. love that idea of the box. Yeah. It's like, here's yeah. the guardrails, <laughs> but within these guardrails, go for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then that helps everybody because, you know, as a director, I might not see what they're seeing. And, and then they start doing that shot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't. Yes, that's what I want. Yeah. Yep. You know? How much of that do you guys, because I've never been a video person. So how much of that is impacted by like what the, let's use a handheld camera op, for example. How much of that is based on like what they're actually feeling on stage? Because you're in a control room somewhere else. You're not in the room necessarily. You might be backstage. So here's an op who's feeling something that's coming emotionally from the people on stage. So they're getting this and you're going, well, that's not what I wanted, but it might be better because they're there. Like mm-hmm. they're on top of the drummer and they're, they're feeling what's happening. Mm-hmm. How much plays into that? For me, a ton, I think, especially, yeah, I think we talked about this earlier in some of our other training videos, but if you're only looking at your monitor, you're missing what's happening. So mm-hmm. you may have all of a sudden the drummer is just like in a moment and their hands are up. I can't see that from the control room. But if you're on stage and you're only looking at your monitor, you probably won't see it either. But if you're more aware yeah. of what's going on, get that shot. Because that, that just speaks so much mm-hmm. emotion yeah. and just brings everybody else that's watching it into that, mm-hmm. that moment, you know? That's good. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's about being owners in their area too, knowing what they're responsible, like the non-negotiables. Like you need, you are the only one that can get drums, yeah. guitar, bass, and keys right now. However, within that, you need, you're, this is your area. Like what's happening in your area as well? Did a worship leader walk back there and are they literally looking at you right now, but you had your head down, like you said, yeah. and you're just on keys. Like up quick, get it, you know? Yeah. That's what the people need to see. Those are the moments that even if you're in the room, you probably might not be able to see. Those are the really special moments that can bring people in and connect people, have that intimacy, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was a moment where I had a, uh, it was actually during the message, which is, which is even more interesting with uh, Pastor Mike at Transformation where he was telling, giving this point. And so I had a handheld camera that went out there and so he's looking at the camera and he drops to to sit on the floor. And a normal normal tendency would for the camera op to just, yeah, I'm gonna tilt down. But she actually dropped too. She she did it in such a way, it was it was beautiful. And she just did it in such a way where she dropped down with him at the same time. And to capture that moment was something that was just people talked about it because they understood the the what he was trying to tell them better. Wow. Because she was already seeing and feeling, okay, let me, let me see this. You know, the big picture. She saw the big picture before, and then she just dropped mm-hmm. as soon as he dropped. I like literally gave me chills <laughs> saying that. <laughs> it's crazy. So like this wasn't even, didn't even seem possible 10 years ago in a live environment to partner with the communicators in such a way that we're, we're amplifying these emotions. You know, it's, we talked about this before, like, when Pixar introduces a villain, the camera angle matters. When, you know, everything, the colors, the backdrop, all of that. But now you guys are doing this live in real time. This has never been done before. 
And it's like part of the greatest message of the world. Like this is different than Scorsese. You know, it's 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 eternal. So like like how cool is that to be a part of that? It is. It's incredibly cool. Yeah, it is. Humbling as well. Yeah. Very humbling. <laughs> yeah, very humbling. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I was thinking kind of relate, related more of you guys. Like I felt in the last year since we've gone, you know, sometimes solely broadcast or just more broadcast focused. Um, and that kind of being aware of what's happening to me, that's also aware of like how you mixed your broadcast, uh, feed kind of needs to dictate how I cut it. Right. Like if, if someone's in the room, the camera ops in the room, they could hear something. If they're on stage, maybe they can even hear a good mix. Right. But if I'm in the control room, I want to make sure I'm listening to that broadcast mix so I can help coach them about, I actually hear a lot of guitar right now. You're on the drummer, go get the guitar. Um, so even just partnering with the rest of the production team and. Yeah, totally. Make sure we're all like we're all working towards that same story because yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you guys monitor on near fields like nice speakers? Or are you on headphones or in ears? I'm personally on in ears, but I do have some near fields. Yeah, um, that I have up, but I, I for the most part, it's in ears for me. Um, no near field no, monitors. I, <laughs> I don't like programming in my ear. Thank you. <laughs> I just looked at our drug director. He cannot stand that I don't put it in my ear. Because no, I, I think loud. someone's I comm it. is open, though. Yeah. I'm like, turn your comm off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's me. Yeah, it's it's not it's you. <laughs> I can see that. I've yeah. also never had good in-ears, though. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, it'd be better either. if I had. You but you like the feeling of it being in the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I can. Yeah. 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 It makes Same. me talk louder, too. And the yeah. cam ops can hear me. That's why I was asking, like, you know, your comment about the mix. Like, the more you can feel that, that's going to change the oh, decisions helps, that you yeah. make. It does. It makes a big difference and helps. And the, one of the things I don't like is going into a control room where, you know, it's it's quiet. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're talking and camera two, camera three, and worship's going, and everybody outside is like, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord, you know, and yeah. and they're in the back, camera three, camera three, and it's just quiet. It's like, <laughs> You know, or turn around. Hey, guys, can you keep your talking down? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to cut. And it's like, no, just, just raise the volume up. Feel that. Feel that music, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit the same way when I'm mixing in front of house. Like the calm light could be blinking, and if I'm like feeling it, I ain't answering calls. <laughs> you on hold. <laughs> no. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, what's the hardest part about your jobs? Ooh, that's mm. a good one. Um, I can go. I think one of the biggest challenges, going back to the team thing, is how to communicate feedback in a way that is they're going to still feel successful and not like they let me down or let the church down because now it's like, hey, you did that, can't do that again. And one million people and saw it. <laughs> we do not talk about numbers. Yeah. <laughs> that is like a rule for us. But especially when you're leading a team of volunteers yeah. who might only serve once every few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're spending their lives being accountants and teachers yeah. and dentists and owning a muffler shop, mm-hmm. and they're coming in to, to help. Mm-hmm. And so, but there are things that are outside the guardrails, yeah. or boy, that was a real big miss there. We got to work on that. So, yeah. To, at the same time, I think those people also want to be excellent at what they're doing. Yeah. Yes. You know, so it's that, right. that fine line of mm-hmm. helping them be excellent because they want to be. Mm-hmm. By giving them the but they did the thing you have to give them feedback is because they want to be so excellent and like they did it with such a kind genuine heart and you have to be like actually no I'm so yeah. sorry that yeah that's yep. hard to balance that 
that's the world I'm in now as I'm learning because at Bethel we were mainly staff where you know where I'm at transformation it's mainly volunteer now so it's like I'm trying to learn myself teach myself like how do I balance that how do I balance that staff it's pretty much easy hey you missed this this is your job why did you miss this you know (laughs) Uh, volunteers it's it's you have to find that that middle ground and that it's a fine line to walk to be like to really talk to them it is a tough part of our job i often talk about like if you're a lighting designer you just tell the robots to do what they do right the lights just do whatever you tell them to do like there's you know unless something fails if you're an audio engineer hopefully like your musicians have practiced and they've come in they're rehearsed and it's you have a big job to make sure that the mix is right but they're, hopefully they're giving you something that's good yeah well with us most of the time it's a, a volunteer showing up and we're trying to help them give us good sort good content and then we mix it you know so it's it's a it's a tough one so with audio all the time we talk about how we got to start with a good source yeah for you guys i never really thought about it in that way before but it's like if your camera op is always giving you an out-of-tune guitar there's not a whole lot you can do with that in the mix or in the the video mix so to speak Mm -hmm. so true yeah yeah that's interesting because there's actually two layers in the video the band is on the far end of the source, right? Like, it's what they're doing, what's right. happening in the room, how the people are experiencing it, the vibe, what God's doing in the room. And then there's a volunteer that has to capture all that well. So it's like, there's actually multiple layers of it. It's not just, is the guitar in tune? Does it sound good? Cool, I can make that right. sound good. There's, it's yeah. actually... I like what you said, all the power, no control. That's really yeah. <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, because you've got the, you've got, you, you, you may have the best switcher yeah. and the best sort of, way that you have planned to take shots but if the shot's not there you got nothing yeah okay this is totally random this made me think of that have you guys ever used time code to cut uh one time yeah it was yeah. for an, like a creative element but yes. you had to have Same, it yeah like you have a video that you know certain moments you got to hit yeah. certain shots mm-hmm. we yeah. had to like andy built this crazy thing i don't know how he did it his brain's nuts like it the switcher took the shots, planned out all the shots. Yeah. I told him exactly when it was. He made programmed all of it, and then it was just like, Hands off there it goes. Yeah. You better have your shot because it's gonna take <laughs> it's it. Ready it. or not? There wow. goes. Yeah. <laughs> One time, <laughs> I've done since. That's a whole different beast altogether, too. Like getting into that moments where, which technically, for a lot of houses of worship, I feel it's it hasn't hit that point yet. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see it like down the long run where. It could get to that point where it's all time coded, and but I, I still personally would still it would be just like that. Like it's only a certain moment. Like yeah, not so. Like the follow up, with the, I would want to know you got with you guys. How much do you rehearse shot list, shot plan, shot sequence versus hey, we're gonna you know the band's gonna sound check it. We're gonna get loose, but then we're just gonna do it. For me, this is gonna be funny. I've never done a shot list it's where can i capture it how can i capture it so i guess in my head yes mm-hmm. I mean, there's a shot list in my head but i've never sure. actually written out or even you know storyboarded anything unless it's something like an actual music video right or but anything live it's really giving them giving them that box giving them that box and being hey give me what you guys can get you're expecting hey you're on the guitar player there's a little solo on the turnaround. You're expecting them to be there. Yes. And you know you're going to take it, and you know they're going to be ready for it. It's not necessarily, here's a list of shots today, here's the songs. Right. Yeah. They still get the songs. Um, I still give them the songs as much yeah. as possible to, to get them 
going in their head, like especially if they know where they're going to be on camera for that weekend, yeah. then they already know in their head, oh, this is the box I'm going to be in. This is where I'm going to, this is my zone. So mm -hmm. I like to give them priorities. I like to say like 60% of needs to focus on this, 20% needs to focus on this, whatever. Yeah. So that way they know like how much they can throw of one thing. Because if I'm just getting all drums, it's not necessarily a very cohesive view of that song. Um, but it also, if they just get locked into drums, they camped out there, then we're missing everything else that's happening in that area. So I think it's more about priorities rather than like specific shots I need, if that right. makes sense, you know. Is that yeah. how you, uh, like for for instance, uh, New Year's Eve, right? With the helicopter. Well, yeah, you, gotta yeah. you gotta explain what happened here. <laughs> so yeah. you know what, Passion 2020. Yeah. Um, we we're in Mercedes-Benz Dome and we were bringing in the new year, uh, like during the session. So, and Hillsong was, you know, Hillsong United was on the, was playing. And yeah, so they, in the middle of one of their, they did a, I don't know, 45 minute set, but in the middle of one of their songs, we had planned it out in the middle of this song, it's gonna hit midnight and you know we're gonna surprise everybody with graphics, fireworks inside the building, outside the building. But it was stuff. gonna hit midnight at the big chorus. Yes, at like the they, chorus of. So um, the rehearsal was, all right guys, the start of this song, click has to start. Has to start on this. At 11.56.37. Right. Yeah. In order for us to hit this mark. So we're all on like, the downbeat of the course. During sound check, it's like, okay, you know, even with the band, yeah. you know, they're because they're vamping between songs. And so they have to know, like, Calm is in their ear going, okay, three, two, one, click. Because that moment, it was like at midnight, ah, ah, it's got to be massive. And so, like, I don't, um, I generally don't shot list. And for that, I didn't shot list, but I knew, hey, at midnight, here are the four things that I want to have happen, mm -hmm. right? I want to make sure my dolly, my, my front of house dolly is wide so I can see mm -hmm. that. Because I know what the graphic is going to be. I want to see the big 2020. I know what the fireworks are going to be. So I want to make sure that, you know, my, the helicopter is in a certain place or the... Let's just pause. <laughs> Let's just pause. I want to make sure the helicopter outside the stadium yeah. capturing the shot of fireworks going off of the stadium. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. It's like, okay. Yeah, not many people awesome have moment. that opportunity. No. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. You're not. I I generally work with a sequence in my head, right? I mean, I have a pattern. You could probably find my pattern if you watch enough of my stuff. Um, but I don't necessarily write it out. The only time, one time in the last, actually, it was during quarantine that I finally shot listed something it was because you know after after you guys did the blessing, every church did the blessing. So we did the blessing orchestra it version. It was really good too. <laughs> Watched um, it a million times. Yeah, and so like, but we had this humongous, I don't know, 40 piece orchestra. And that's the first time I've ever directed something of that kind of musicality. And it was, wow. it was a beautiful arrangement, but beautiful. each, you know, each part of the song had, here's French horns, here's violas, here's violins, here's, and I wanted to make sure that we could we capture, that. capture that. And I didn't have, you know, 30 cameras to do it. I, we were doing it live, but also for a music video. Um, but they covered the entire room, so I can't have one camera going all the way across the yeah. room. So I had to really shot list that out. And it was the first time I've ever actually shot listed it, and it was, it was like, in that moment, yeah, that was the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. It gave yeah. me, that was my box. That gave me the freedom and the flexibility, because I had a plan. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So in that regard, I want to ask you a question about touring, because there's a bit of a different thing when it's the same set list every night, and you've got camera ops who are part of the crew mm -hmm. who maybe get into a rut every night about always like keeping the box too tight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody knew 
every night that at this part of the song, we need, we need to nail this thing instrumentally that's going on because it's part of the show. How is that different in terms of creativity from something that's live, that's unpredictable or unexpected versus something that is more scripted when you still want to be creative within that? Yeah. Touring is, it is, to me, it's really tough to be creative. You're really creative in the early stages of touring when you're like in rehearsals and figuring out what things are going to be. Yeah. But then when it's show 20, yeah, it's, um, how do you get it? How do you make it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I mean, um, because you're also just, Dog you just tired. run the camera through the media server and <laughs> put a filter on it. Put a filter on it. <laughs> Go to the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, if you're all there for the right reason still, which can be a grind, it can be a challenge on the road, um, or even every Sunday, that can well, be a challenge. If you do six right? services on a Sunday. Right. That's yeah, the same thing. Same thing. It is, totally. Um, you know, reminding your, just having that reminder of what you're there to do and who you're there to do it for, not for me, not for my pastor. I'm there to do it for. Jesus, who saved my life and who has done some amazing things for me. Um, that's easier said than done. But I guess having that why is important. Um, and then probably going back to just hold it loosely. Like just because you've done it one way 20 times doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Maybe there is something new. Or maybe, uh, you know, at this particular tour stop, I remember um, back when I toured with Tomlin, White Flag was a big song. And I think like maybe like midway through the tour, people started showing up with white flags. That didn't like we didn't plan for that. It didn't yeah. happen. And at one particular show, some some dude literally showed up with the biggest flag I have ever seen. Like he had to hold it into his hip and wave that thing around. Right. Well, like things like that could be spontaneous. Like that's new. So be able to adapt. Be ready to like find what's new. Find yeah. what's happening. Kiss cams in the arena. Totally. You know. yeah. A guy came dressed as a leprechaun once here. And we took a shot of him for us. <laughs> the crowd goes crazy with that. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. I had Thor show up, show up at Bethel once. Oh, and wow. It was great. Yeah, it was a really sweet story, though, because he, he actually like would bus in uh, children with special needs to come to the, to, uh, the kids' service at Bethel. And every cool. Sunday, he, he would ask, what do you guys want me to dress up as? And so this Sunday, somebody said, Thor. And so he was literally up front with the hammer, worshiping God. <laughs> with the hammer. It was great. It was, awesome. great. was it like uh, in-game Thor or like Infinity War Thor, like fit? No. Or like beard and uh, yeah. you know, beer belly. Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's great. So during COVID... I've noticed this. I want to hear your take on it. The church as a whole is getting a lot better with production, specifically video. So what have you guys seen, been encouraged by over the last year, seeing what other smaller churches are doing with really like a lot less resources than you guys use week in, week out? I've seen a lot. This isn't necessarily worship-wise, but just... um like hosting segments and the ways like where we're doing them and location wise, I've just seen a lot of creativity in that. Like, how can we keep it fresh? You know, they're at home, they're seeing the same thing every week. Maybe we could change it up a little bit and just re-engage people visually in that way. That's been pretty cool and inspiring to me to see. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. 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 That um, I really love seeing these churches be more creative. Now they're filming in a warehouse for worship or yeah. They're filming, you know, off campus in a desert or something. Yeah. And and having that now, um, it really opens up a whole creative possibility for the team too. Now to be like, 
hey, we can do this. You know, we can actually, oh yeah, let's shoot out in the desert. Yeah, and then we can get this shot and things like that. And it, and it also brings in, I think it also brings in uh, people that wouldn't necessarily want to do anything in a live environment in a church that's a part of the church. Now they're kind of more engaging. Like, hey, can I volunteer? Can I be a part of that? Because that's more in vain with what I want to do, you know? Um, yeah. I think um, one thing I've noticed early on in quarantine, like if you're still in your, like a lot of churches were still in their auditorium broadcasting, but there's nobody else there. And so I think it gave people the freedom to realize, like I feel like a lot of times I could ask, I go to a church and say, why is the camera there? Well, that's where the integrator put it. Or that's where the patch right. panel is for the plug in. But now that there's somebody in the room, they could actually put cameras in different places and figure out where, is, yeah. where does it actually need to be? Where's the best place to put it? And I think, I hope that as, we, as our churches come back open, that people kind of still, still remember that. Like you can find different ways to put it. If you have a special segment, yeah. then move stuff around. It doesn't have to be static. Yeah. We did that. We had cameras up super close, right, right on the end of the stage on risers. They're basically stage level. But when the building opened for the first time, we had a very small group of people come in for services. They left the cameras up. And I was surprised because it is totally blocking people's <laughs> view. But the pastors went out before the service and said, hey, welcome back. We've got this great online audience now. That's why these cameras are up here. We're going to be looking into the cameras because there's thousands of you still at home. Mm -hmm. So they like, you know, answered those questions before so it didn't make it weird for people. That's so good. I agree. I think cameras may be getting closer. Like Live Church, their cameras are super close, mm -hmm. and but they're robotic, so there's not people on them, I think. So yeah. mm -hmm. I think that kind of stuff could be happening more and more. Yeah. Yeah. What questions do you guys have for each other? That was fun how we started this. There's got to be some others. <laughs> yeah. How did your brain not explode, Fashion 2020, with the helicopter? <laughs> I've always wondered I know, that. Right? I would have been I don't know how you did mind. that. <laughs> I would have you been, mean like, oh. particularly, like, well. How did you, like, handle the pressure of that? Uh, I feel like all of us, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I feel like in order to be a good video director, you have to like some level of pressure. Yeah. Right? You just, I think I, I do best when there's a lot of pressure. I thrive in that. It's just the way that I'm built. Um, that doesn't mean that I execute flawlessly. I definitely don't, but I like it. The, the adrenaline gets going. That's what yeah. I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, There's nothing like walking up to an audio console in an arena full of people and the lights go out and the band starts playing. That's an incredible amount of pressure, yeah. but there's nothing like nothing it. Nothing like it. Yeah. Being in the hot seat, literally, yeah. and being responsible for what everybody is seeing and hearing, yeah. that's a thrill like nothing else. I get, so I get, I get kind of like, I think, you know, sometimes I'll post a multi-view and first, so for Passion 2020, we had give or take 16 to 23 cameras, depending on the session. So people say like, how in the world can you watch 23 cameras? And I'm curious, you, I mean, I think you guys probably would say something similar, but I don't watch all 23 cameras at one time. Yeah. I know like for this song, this person's leading. So I'm going to use one, six, seven, 10, 11, yeah. right? Or you kind of map it out like that way. So I'm not, I'm not watching all the cameras, or I know that I have one through four are, are tight sticks, five through eight are mid dollies, nine through 11 are wide dollies. So I kind of group them in such a way that I can just pick from a cluster mm -hmm. instead of trying to scan 23 images all the time. Yeah. Um, but with like the helicopter, all I actually remember about that moment um, was really just yelling at the helicopter pilot to get lower. I didn't really like the shot. Like, he was too high. Like, I wanted you to get lower <laughs> altitude so that we could see 
the depth of the fireworks going off. Because like, just like a top-down shot. Yeah, that was no it. regard no. for his life, <laughs> is what you're saying. I don't, yeah, get lower. Like, that's <laughs> the way it needs to be. All the power, I don't no care control. about the no FAA. Right. Yeah. I want you to get lower. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Explosive. What you kind want of camera me to get the drone? I'll get the drone. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cameras on this helicopter? I don't even remember. I mean, it was... It's a special kind of big, fancy gimbal thing that they can... It's like uh, mounted under the helicopter. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Something like that. I don't remember what it's called. And how was it transmitted? Coax? No, yeah, yeah. yeah be, they just dropped yeah. the line down, big old spool. I don't know, microwave or something, something like that. Something. Yeah. That's crazy. It was wild. That was one of my fun ones. Another one uh, was a few years back when at Passion we actually did a fancy, basically, Zoom call with the International Space Station. Um, and that was one of the most pressure That's moments cool. because Louis was on stage and he knows he's about to talk to the astronaut in space. But we're on the phone with Houston, and literally, Houston, we have a problem. We cannot talk. Like, it's not working. <laughs> the feed is not working. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just like we kind of give a message to Louis to like stall, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. And then eventually, um, Louis just like has the faith and says, I, it's going to work. And he just like says, all right, astronaut, you there? And the feed came on. <laughs> like, like, it just right started working. Yes. <laughs> it just started working, and so we punched it live. Yeah. Um, I don't think I just, those moments kind of, uh, this, maybe it's not super spiritual, but those moments kind of keep you coming back. Yeah. Yeah. No, because, yeah, it definitely does. I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. On that same vein, I have a question for you guys, too, is because we all have had those big moments when we're shooting something or doing, directing something, right? What's been the small thing that you guys have felt like, ooh, that hit, like mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, yeah. I think for me, it might not be the answer you're looking for, but the first thing that came to mind was my sister, my youngest sister, and I operated camera together forever until I eventually became a director and she was still operating camera. And the thing, her name's Tori, and the thing about Tori is the girl sings while she operates that camera. And it's just something about that heart to me is like that little thing that like, I know that she's doing this for the church, but it's also clearly so much for her in the same moment. And it was just really cool to do that alongside of her. So that's that little thing for sure for me. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. For I me, think, oh. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for me, it's, it's to a point where, uh, and I might even just get a little bit emotional, but <laughs> uh, two of my nephews have had a pretty hard life. And now one of them's a director at a church. And the other one's a cam op, and they're working there. And to see them, and to, to like even call me, hey, Uncle Chad, what's this? How do we do this? Uh, that's something for me that I'm like, there's two. I always talk about my whys, you know? Mm-hmm. And the first one was always this girl that came in, and she totally broke down because Stephanie Gretzinger was singing up on stage. and and her parents came in and basically said, like, thank you, because of you, my daughter is alive today. Because if this message, was, if that worship wasn't out in the world, my daughter wouldn't be here. Wow. And, but recently it's really flipped to seeing my nephew, pictures from the social media team at the church in Washington, you know, and seeing my nephew over there, just having the time of his life directing or on camera and seeing them smile from the crazy life that they, they, you know, got set free from drugs and, yeah. 
and all this stuff. And to see them now doing that and to a point where I'm like, even like, keep it up and uh, you'll be working with me. I'm going to hire you, you know, <laughs> that kind of a, that kind of this, that all the big stuff that I've ever been a part of just pales in comparison to something like that. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. You know, totally. I think for all of us, whether it's mixing audio or directing or pouring into a volunteer, it's like the more we can make it personal, the more impactful it can be for us and for the people that we're, you know, serving and working with and for. You know, for me, it was always, gosh, if I could, if I could turn to the people around me during a show and see somebody who was emotionally impacted or worshiping in a different way or something like that, like tie it to a person, mm -hmm. that was always a good measuring stick for me to go, okay, that's the right win. Mm -hmm. Like right. it's not about the bigness and the sound of the drums and all, as, as important as those things are, am I impacting a person? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think for all of us, whether that's a volunteer that you're mentoring or somebody that you're coaching or a person who's experiencing the environment, right. to have that idea of how can I make this personal, mm -hmm. that's going to be a huge win. Yeah. And I think that's so important too. So part of another part of my main role is I travel around and get to tell stories of the people of our church and show those videos and the worship experience and that just hits so hard because you have to keep in mind who you're doing it for. Yeah. And the the people that are watching, it's not just a mass of people, they're individuals. Right. Mm -hmm. And like I in my head, I see Rob from New York, I see Melanie from California, I see Novadine from Jamaica, yeah. all these people I've gotten to meet. Right, it's not a million know. people. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, million individuals. Yeah, it's a million yeah. individuals, exactly. And keeping them, that's that's who's watching right now. I'm doing it for them. Um, that's that's just such a good that's way cool. to do yeah, it. That's cool. Totally. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, you guys are all awesome and legends. And I think all of you have metaphorical nephews out there looking up at what you're doing. I mean, you three really have set the bar for how we communicate the greatest message ever. So thank you for everything you do and really thank you for being a part of this and letting Jeff and I exploit you to the world in a good way. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you guys. Well, that was awesome. It was. Not often do you get to uh, hang out with what I think is the three top video directors in the church world at the same time. So pretty cool. Crazy. And they're pretty smart. Pretty smart people. Yeah, we're, we're honored to have them be a part of what we're doing. And the fact that they would see the value of pouring into this tribe just as much as we do is testament to where their hearts are and how much they want to uh, make people get better, help people get better, and give them better tools. You know, and I would say that about Jeremy too. I mean, the fact that yeah. Ross is pouring so many resources into helping the worship production market is, you know, that speaks volumes to them as a company. So, shout out to Ross as well. Major shout out. All right, well, let's wrap it up, people. Uh, go get your tour tickets. We're we're a long ways away, but those tickets are moving quick. So the after parties are going fast. They're almost sold out. And the VIP tickets for every city are almost sold out. Those were limited. So yeah, go grab those and um, go check out MXU Now. New videos added weekly. Yeah, for anybody interested in the um, communion moments with Jay, you're going to have to contact him directly for those. We don't have special tickets yet, but he might have something in mind for... Um, how you get connected on those so have <laughs> fun awesome. with all that <laughs> all right everybody we'll see you next time see you later